You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. I always cringe, and I don't mean to be derogatory to those who insert the word may in this ironic blessing. It's not may the Lord bless you. That's kind of tentative. That's kind of like the jury is still out on whether or not God's going to bless you or not. So it's the Lord bless you. The Lord is blessing you. And the Lord is going to keep you. He's not through with you. And the Lord is going to make His face to shine upon you. Many of us would be quick to agree that there's often barriers in place when it comes to the translation of languages and understanding cultures. When it comes to the Bible, this can be especially true. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reflects on this reality while teaching us how a minor variation can result in a big misunderstanding. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 67 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump in. Psalm 67, beginning in verse 1. We're we're told here by way of a title to this psalm that it's to the chief musician. It's to be played on stringed instruments, and it is a psalm, which is a song. Verse 1, God... Be merciful to us, and bless us, and cause His face to shine upon us. Selah. We have a few breaks here. Selah being a break or a pause to consider, to meditate. Verse 2, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the people praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Selah. Verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Now we just read the lyrics to a song recorded here in the book of Psalms, and it's believed by many that Psalm 67 is a missionary psalm of sorts, in the sense that it's a song of both prayer and praise as it relates to the salvation of the nations. And what's interesting is that the psalm starts off with a prayer to God to be merciful, and then it sort of echoes the ironic blessing, as we affectionately refer to it, where the psalmist writes, to bless us and to cause his face to shine upon us. And this, of course, is the ironic blessing in Numbers 6, 
verses 24 through 26, which I would like to read at this time because I love it. And because, and I want you to think about this as a much needed reminder, every time the Israelites would assemble at the tent of meeting and then subsequently at the uh, temple, the tabernacle first and then the temple, they were to hear this blessing. And that meant that if they were to assemble at the tent of meeting or the tabernacle more than once a day, well, they would hear this more than once a day. And the importance of it is that God wanted them to know this. God wanted them to hear this. God wanted and even commanded Moses to command Aaron to speak and pronounce this blessing on the Israelites every single time they were there at the tent of meeting. So here's the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Now after that, God declares that He will put His name on His people. And this carries with it, and we've talked about this, and tonight maybe is not uh, the time, but this is the highest blessing and honor is to have the name of God pronounced upon you. And that's what He wanted them to know. Now, I was thinking about this, and the reason why I wanted to spend just a little bit of time on this, if you don't mind, is that God wanted them to know that He is blessing them, not blasting them. What do you mean? No, no, think about this, and think this through with me. God wanted them to know that He's not angry with them. He's not wanting to blast them, if you will. He wants to bless them. And oh, by the way, there's no may anywhere here. I always cringe, and I don't mean to be derogatory to those who insert the word may in this ironic blessing. It's not may the Lord bless you. That's kind of tentative. That's kind of like the jury is still out on whether or not God's going to bless you or not. So it's the Lord bless you. The Lord is blessing you. And the Lord is going to keep you. He's not through with you. And the Lord is going to make His face to shine upon you. This one is kind of gnarly, for lack of a better word, because it kind of uh, has the idea of God is smiling at you. I mean, think about that. <laughs> He's not angry with you. He takes great pleasure in you, and His face is just shining and beaming upon you. And He's gracious to you. God wants us, His people, to know that He is a gracious God, and He is. This one I like in verse 26 particularly, the Lord lift up His countenance upon you. You know what that means? That means that he is going to turn His attention to you. So you know how it is when you 
are, you know, you walk in a room and somebody's, you know, doing something else, multitasking, reading something, or, and they don't even, you know, look at you. I mean, they, they know you're there, but they don't even turn their face to you or give you their attention or acknowledge you. They might, they might just kind of, you know, want to, oh, hi. Wow, how do I, I feel so special. <laughs> wow. Sorry to interrupt. No, this is, this is God saying, listen, when you walk into the room, I lift up my countenance to you. I, I give you my undivided attention. Not only am I smiling, I'm looking at you and lifting up my countenance to you. And then this last one, I give you peace. I give you peace. Not fear, not worry, not anxiety, peace. And it's the peace that Jesus says He comes to give. It's not as the world gives. This is the peace that is not predicated upon what's going on in your life. This is the peace that Paul talks about in Philippians, which we're in on Sunday mornings, that surpasses, bypasses, if you prefer, our human understanding. It's the kind of peace that says, it's all good, God's got this, you have nothing to worry about, you have nothing to be anxious about, you have nothing to fear, although everything around you is in chaos. Everything around you is falling apart. The circumstances in your life are such that the last thing you should have is peace. And that's the peace that He gives. That's the peace that only He can give and is always faithful to give. Psalm 68, a longer psalm, considerably longer. This too is to the chief musician. And by the way, uh, some commentators suggest that the chief musician is God Himself. And that would make sense, that these psalms that were told specifically by way of this title or to the chief musician, it would make sense that it was a song written to God Himself, to praise God, to thank God. It's also a psalm of David and a song. Verse 1. Interesting psalm, by the way. Let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate Him flee before Him. I want you to hang on to that. That's quite packed in verse 1 there. <laughs> There's a reason why David pens those words in that way. And it has personal application to us, if I can just kind of parenthetically mention it here. So we're told to resist the devil, the enemy, and he will flee. Well, this is how the enemy will flee before the Lord, as we read on. Verse 2, as smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. 
Sing to God, verse 4. Sing praises to His name. Extol Him who rides on the clouds by His name, Yah, and rejoice before Him, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy habitation. What a beautiful, picturesque description of who God is. He helps the helpless. He gives hope to the hopeless. He defends the defenseless. He is a father to the fatherless. Verse 6, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Selah, verse 8, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. I love this. This is way before David's time. Yet he's recounting the time when God delivered the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and how during that journey in the wilderness in the Sinai, and and how God there on Mount Sinai with Moses, with his own finger, as we're told, wrote the law, the Ten Commandments. And the whole earth shook, and the fear as the Israelites trembled. And here he's making mention of it, and he's also making mention of the rain that would come. Verse 9, You, O God, sent a plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation dwelt in it, You, O God, provided from your goodness for the poor. Verse 11, the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it. Kings of armies flee, they flee, and she who remains at home divides the spoil. There it is. Resist the devil and he will flee. How? Praise to the Lord and the word of the Lord. The devil can't stand it when we praise God and when we declare and proclaim the Word of God. Out loud. Out loud. Yeah, but people think I'm crazy. They already think you're crazy. (laughs) Out loud. I do this. I don't care anymore. Even in the car. At a stoplight. And I'm praising out loud praising the Lord with my hands not on the steering wheel. I said I was at a stoplight. My hands lifted up. My voice lifted up, praising God. Sometimes my prayer is so intense, and it has to be vocalized. It has to be proclaimed. See, here's the thing. I don't want to get too here, but Satan cannot read our minds. Only God can Sometimes it's not, you know, really feasible to pray out loud and vocalize it and proclaim it. So I'll say things, this is 
may be weird, but I'll say things in my mind like, Lord, I know right now the devil cannot hear what I'm thinking, but you can. Lord, I need your help. (laughs) Kind of got a situation here. I need wisdom from above. I'm at a crossroads here. I don't know what to do. I don't know whether I should go to the left or to the right. Lord, please, I, I need you to show me this is the way walking in it. This is good between me and the Holy Spirit, and it's all in the mind. Now there are other times where Satan will attack the mind. He'll put thoughts in the mind, thoughts of fear, thoughts of doubt. He'll put those thoughts in your mind, and we're to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. We're to catch it, say, whoa, 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 stop! (laughs) Not so fast. It is written, God's Word says, He's not given me a spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit will never make you afraid. If you ever have a thought in your mind that creates fear, that is not God. That is Satan. And you're to take that captive and stop it right there. No, 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 no. He's not given me a spirit of fear. But here's what He has given me. He's given me power to love and to, and this is a very loose paraphrase, not freak out. (laughs) That's the JDV for sound mind. To not lose your composure, not lose your mind, not go out of your mind not be in your right mind. The battle is in the mind. Satan has access to the mind, but he cannot read the mind. So here's what we do, and it's the only thing we can do when the enemy attacks. You want him to flee? Resist him. How? By praise to the Lord and the Word of the Lord. And that's what David says here. Kings of armies flee. They flee. They have to. I mean, think about it. And I'm very specific when I enter into warfare prayer, which seems to be sort of more often in recent months. But I will be very specific because I know there is power in the name of Jesus. So I will pray and I will say the name of Jesus out loud. Have you ever noticed how it is that when you say the name Jesus, that I mean it changes the whole complexion of the conversation that you're having, particularly if they're not a believer. More particular, in particular, is when they take the name of Jesus and they curse. And they'll say, Jesus Christ. To which I usually like to say, wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? This is good. You you know how they say, don't try this at home? No, try this at home. (laughs) Do this. Can I just ask you a question? Why don't you take the name of Buddha in vain? When was the last time you heard, you know, somebody, they, they're hammering a nail and they hit their, oh, Buddha! Why, why do you have to take the name of Jesus in vain? 
I, I mean no disrespect to my Muslim uh, sister, my uh, Arab friend, but I've never, and I have yet, to hear somebody take the name of Muhammad in vain. I've never had anybody say, oh Muhammad, never had one time. But how many times have I heard someone take the name of Jesus that way, and say it in that way? Why do you think that is? Well, we go back to the law that we just talked about, given on Mount Sinai. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The reason it's the name of Jesus is simply this. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. That's why. So when I uh, first came to Christ in my teen years, I was 19 years of age, and um, I, I got a, into sales, and I knew that the name Wahid Farag was not going to be a name that people were going to necessarily remember when they came back in to make the purchase. And my commission was, you know, contingent on them asking for me by name. So I thought, okay, I'm going to come up with a nickname. Only I'm going to come up with a nickname that gives me an opportunity to, you know, boldly, not ashamed, share my faith, which is why I came up with JD, which stands for Jesus Disciple. So here I am in a sales situation, and I got the, you know, the buyer on the other end of the desk, and he looks at my card, and he says, oh, what does JD stand for, Jack Daniels? <laughs> no. And the look on their face when I would tell them, it doesn't stand for Jack Daniels, it stands for Jesus Disciple. And you see, I, I would always get some interesting responses like, Oh, <laughs> pardon my French. <laughs> Listen, pal, that's not French, by the way. <laughs> my dad taught French in high school. That's not French. That's something else. But all of a sudden it just, it just changes. Why? Because you have just pronounced the only name given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus. Now, the reason I went into all of that is because the devil cannot stand the name of Jesus. So I just, Jesus, 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 and about the third Jesus, he's gone. He's gone. He cannot stand the name of Jesus. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.